Well, game two against the White Sox didn't go like we wanted it to, and John and I actually are going to tell you why. Plus, how much is Shohei Otani worth? And would you rather have Max Stassi behind the plate or Kurt Suzuki? We're going to talk about that. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. And if you're watching on the video side, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for the hand motions, Johnny. That's why you got to watch on the video side. And today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Hey, it's great to be with you here on Locked On Angels. We appreciate you joining us. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We are the Frisch Brothers, aka the Super Halo Bros, and we're here to take you through all the highs and lows of being an Angels fan. And Mike, we had a low last night. This, this team gives me a migraine, Johnny. This, like, <laughs> Is that literally, you got the uh, you got the blue light glasses? I got the blue on, light huh? on because I literally have a migraine, and I'm not now. I'm starting Ugh. to connect it to the Angels. I'm going to blame the Angels for that. <laughs> no kidding, man. I wanted to turn the TV off by like the sixth thing when we yeah. were just giving away cookies up there, man. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, they got Kathy's cookies outside uh, the stadium. <laughs> she must have been serving. She must have given them to Elvis Pagero to serve those up because that's what he was doing just right over the plate not fooling anybody but we'll get to that I just you know it looked like the team from April had returned on Monday they were playing their style of game and it looked really successful playing a little small ball had a nice little comeback win courtesy of Taylor Ward and then this game started out great too we had Chase Silseth on the mound who struck out a ton of White Sox and was fooling them and then by the fifth inning Uh, He stopped fooling him, which is fine. He gave up the three-run lead that we got courtesy of Andrew Velasquez and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani hitting uh, three solo shots. In fact, Trout and Otani went back-to-back, and how often do you see two MVPs go back-to-back with home runs like that? That was pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and Silseth gave up that lead. It ended up being 3-3, to and then the bullpen comes in and just hit after hit after hit off of Aaron Loop and Elvis Peguero and Ali Ortega and you name it. And and all of that has to do with the fact that a lot of these guys are hurt. A lot of these guys are suspended because of <laughs> Sunday's brawl. Right. And so we are paying the price for that. And, and that's kind of what the situation is right now, is paying the price for the, the ways that we wanted to handle that situation on Sunday. So it just was a, a really frustrating night when it started out so hopeful they'll be able to salvage the series and hopefully go two and three. But what are some notes from the game, Mike, that you noticed? What stuck out to you? Well, here's why we're struggling, and here's why this team just can't get out of its own way. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting stat. The Angel one, two, and three hitters have an average OPS of 867 this season. So typically (laughs) that's Taylor Ward and Mike Trout and Uh Shohei Otani, right? Right. 
And then the four through nine hitters have a 624 OPS this mm-hmm. season. John, that's a difference of 243 points, which is the highest in baseball. And every Angel fan will tell you, oh, yeah, we could have pointed that out. Because that is why we've talked about moving Taylor Ward to the cleanup spot. Maybe adjusting this lineup because these guys at the bottom of the lineup just can't hit. And when they do, it doesn't seem like it matters or it seems like it's like late in the game and maybe we salvage a win in a series that we've already lost like right. Andrew Velasquez's home run it's great but he's still hitting 170 something right yeah and yeah. well that that home run should have put us up and it did and yeah and if the Angels could have held on to that lead but Mike what you're saying is t- these guys are getting on base or on base and slugging 25 percent less than the one through three guys. And one through three all season long has been some combination of Ward, Trout, and Otani. They might have switched around a little bit, but at the same time, it's just, it's really sad. And, and, you know, that was, like you said, it's kind of the case again. You, You get some production out of Velasquez and it should have mattered, but in the end it didn't because our bullpen came in and blew it. And then of course, Brandon Marsh comes out. He's got a knee contusion. He's day to day. And so, this team is just running together on on glue and popsicle sticks right now. They're just trying to <laughs> hold it together, and it's just yeah. a really bummer of a night. And I think that they can do it again tonight and, and hopefully put something together. They got Shohei on the mound, and he's going to have to pitch a complete game shutout if the Angels have yeah, no any kidding. hopes of winning this one. No kidding. Um, but what about... This bullpen, and specifically Elvis Peguero. Yeah, so we've asked the question a lot, and Angel fans have asked the question a lot. In fact, I got a text message from our buddy RJ yesterday, and he's Mm -hmm. like, what's up with this pitching staff? What's up with Loop? And I think last night was a great indicator of what's up. So Gubas actually pointed it out on the broadcast, Mm -hmm. and then our buddy uh, Andrew from Angel's Top Plays posted it on Instagram. If you're not following Mm -hmm. him, you should. He actually pointed out that Pagaro, when he was pitching and he would throw a breaking ball, he would hold the glove up. It would be high, mm-hmm. kind of in, in, in mid-chest area. And then when he was throwing a fastball, he would hold the glove down. Now, here's what's really interesting. <laughs> Gubaza pointed it out, but you know who noticed? Mike Trout. Mike <laughs> From freaking <center> Trout <laughs> in center field noticed it. And so that's why these guys are figuring us out. And when you see that stuff, that's when you start to go, okay, it's time to get Matt Wise out of there. Yeah. Okay, it's time to bring in somebody else, right? right? You know, we've talked about and we've had you guys ask questions about, hey, should we get rid of like the hitting coach and the pitching coach? It's that stuff that's not being corrected mm-hmm. that nobody is saying anything about except for Mike Trout and Mark Gubaza that gets you fired. And that's why I think these guys are barreling the ball. That's why I think the Aaron Loop is being figured out and, mm-hmm. and that's why the pitching staff isn't as successful as they were at the beginning of the year because right. there's little ticks there's little tells and there's little habits that are taking place that apparently the angels can't figure out but every other team in major <laughs> league baseball can <laughs> well perry Manassian, mr analytical needs to figure it out and figure out this coaching staff and Find somebody who can prevent these guys from tipping their pitches because if it's getting identified by Mark Gubaza up in the broadcast booth, I know he's got a TV, but I'm sure he could see it without the TV because yeah. it was so obvious to an expert like him. And again, these these are professional teams and they're able to figure this stuff out and they're going to find every single weakness that you have as a team and take advantage of it. And the Angels have been taken advantage of in that way in regards to tipping pitches almost all season long. And right. so as long as these guys are giving away what they're going to throw, 
I mean, it's just going to be a constant problem. That's why you got to get Gooby as the pitching coach. That's what I'm talking about. Preach. Get, sign Gooby up. Get <laughs> Langston in there. Langston can do it. Uh, and then one last thing, Mike, it just is more salt on the wound when it for rains, the it Angels. <laughs> it, Archie Bradley fractured his elbow jumping the fence in the brawl on Sunday. So that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a face. <laughs> I don't have anything I'm to speechless. say about that. Yeah. I'm without speech. I'm without speech. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. And listen, dummy, <laughs> you, you can't even get over the fence. Like that, that just goes to show. Like, yeah, I, I you know, in the history this, of they, dumb angels injuries, this one ranks yeah. up there. You got Kendrys yeah. Morales who broke our hearts with the walk off and jumping on home plate. I know Garrett Richards wasn't a dumb injury, but it was a freak injury. Yep. He ran over to first base and was never the same pitcher nope. after that. Nope. And could have been a Cy Young uh, contender, probably a winner that season. Would have been probably. And possibly yeah. a rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, so this is just one in a series of long, unfortunate events for the Angels. That's who the movie was about. That's who the book was about. A series of unfortunate events starring <laughs> the Los Angeles Angels. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about this pathetic team, and we're going to ask the question, how much is Shohei Otani really worth? But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by our friends at the Sports Card Investor app. John, I don't know if you've checked out this app yet, but it's actually pretty cool. Yes. No, it is. And and John and I have been collecting baseball cards forever and ever and ever. John, remember when you dropped milk on our brother Jeff's baseball cards and ruined them? I remember when I dropped milk, not milk. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I got a migraine. Leave me alone. All right, so here's what's cool about this app is if you are collecting baseball cards, you can check the status of the cards that you have or cards that are actually out there that are hot Topics like hot cards. The Sports Card Investor app is a really, really great resource for you, especially if collecting cards is your hobby. You can quickly check the value of your cards, find great deals, and profit from your card collecting hobby. This app is actually available for free in the Google Play Store and Apple App Stores. Again, it's the Sports Card Investor app, and you got to have it if you're a baseball fan. Whether you're a casual card collector or you're looking for alternative investment opportunities, this is the app for you. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the Sports Card Investor app today, or you can go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on and download that app today. As we get into segment two here, there was a great segment on MLB Network. Brian Kenny did a little bit of research, and they dug into what a contract for Shohei Otani might look like. So you and I wanted to share that with our audience, obviously, because we have a vested interest in we Shohei do. Otani and what yeah. his contract might look like. Uh, and so Brian Kenny, who you know can be a little bit too into the analytics, the sabermetrics sometimes, but I also think that he, he for a long time, was on the forefront of the conversation in that yeah. regard. Yeah. However, this doesn't really have anything to do with sabermetrics. It's really just comes down to uh, other examples of hitters and pitchers who are like Shohei Otani, what their contracts recently were, and what Shohei might be able to get. Why don't you take us through the comps that Brian Kenny made? 
Okay, so the, for the hitting side, he actually looked for somebody that was a statistical match for hmm. Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. And he used all of Shohei's offensive stats since 2018. So mm-hmm. here's where Shohei sits as of last night. 350 on-base percentage. So 350 mm-hmm. on-base since 2018, a 529 slugging, and a 137 OPS+. Plus. That's now, good stuff. his statistical match, interestingly, is Matt Olson, who plays oh, for the Braves. I do love this Matt Olson. angel killer for the A's, yes. right? <laughs> he has a 348 on-base percentage. He has a 496 slugging percentage, and he has a 130 OPS+. plus. Now, those numbers are not exact matches, but you have to keep in mind that Wilson, I'm sorry, Olsen has actually hit a whole lot more than Shohei has because mm-hmm. Shohei's pitching, right? And there was a time where Shohei, when he would pitch and then get taken out, he couldn't right. have any more at-bats. So that is a statistical match. So he said that Matt Olsen is Shohei's match on the hitting side. On the pitching side, he used stats from 2021 and this year because Shohei did miss a couple of years, year and a half or so when yeah. he hurt his arm. 2019 so, and 2020, he yeah. tried to pitch in 2020 and it just was a no-go. It was a mess, yes. Yeah. So his statistical match since 2021 is Kevin Gossman, John. Interesting. Yeah, so Kevin Gossman signed with the Jays and since the start of 2021, here's Shohei's numbers. He has a 6.1 war, mm-hmm. he has a 1.06 whip, and mm-hmm. a 140 ERA plus. So those are really, really strong numbers. Gossman has the same war. His whip is a little bit higher. It's 1.11. And he has a 139 ERA plus. Wow. So that's a good comp. I think that's a really good comp. So again, Matt Olson on the hitting side and Kevin Gossman on the pitching side. And then yeah. he took then he took the resources, Johnny. And why don't you talk about this? And he said, here's what Olson's making, and here's what Gossman is making. Yeah, these two are great examples because because they recently got new contracts mm-hmm. uh, in this offseason. I know Olsen was traded to the Braves, but then they extended him for that that $21 million a year contract. And Gossman got $22 million did. a year with the Blue Jays. And because those are recent numbers, it kind of helps us determine the value that Shohei might bring. So you're looking at somewhere in the area of $43 million a year. If it was as simple as stacking two contracts and saying, here it is, uh, then then this would be the discussion. I think it's going to be a tad bit more complicated than that when it comes time to negotiate a contract. But we do know this. Otani's people have said they want something in the neighborhood of Max Scherzer's contract in terms of dollars. And, And $43 million, I believe, is right up there with the kind of dollars that Max Scherzer is getting. I know it's not a very long deal with the Mets. I think it's three years or four years or so. It's, yeah. it's long in terms of Max Scherzer because he's an older guy now. Uh, but Otani wants a long-term commitment. And the question we have is, will the Angels make this happen? Hmm. $43 million a year for Otani and he wants a long-term commitment, which is probably somewhere in the rain, uh, range of five to seven years, right? Right, right. So I am going to be on the yes side on this because okay. I think that Artie Moreno, and we've talked about this on the pod before when we were answering questions on Mailbag Monday, Artie knows how to make money and Shohei Otani 
will make him some money. And with everything that he is about, all the sponsorships, all of the people that are intrigued by him, I think that Artie will do whatever he can and Perry will do whatever he can to keep this guy on the team. That doesn't mean that he's going to stay. So please hear me when I say that. I think that Shohei wants to win. He's made that very, very clear. But I think that Artie and Perry are going to do everything they can to keep this guy on the team because he is so unique and he is so noticed and they Mm -hmm. can make so much money just simply from him. The Angels right now are terrible, but people (laughs) are talking about them not because of Mike Trout, but because of Shohei Otani. Mm. And so that's why I think that Artie will do everything that he can to keep him. He is Roman Reigns in WWE. He (laughs) is Kenny Omega in AEW, right? (laughs) Like he is going to be the guy that pops a rating. He's going to be the guy that is always going to get the Angels on Sunday night baseball or Friday night baseball or the Mm -hmm. game of the week. And so I think that they're going to do whatever they can to re-sign this guy. I don't think that money is going to be an issue here because it's Shohei, Unicorn, Otani. I think if they do sign Shohei Otani and get him to stay, that's going to mean they're going to have to go over that luxury tax. And I think if you make an investment in Shohei and you're paying Anthony Rendon, and you're paying Mike Trout, a lot of your salary is already eaten up by those three contracts. Yeah. We're already stretched thin because Otani's not making nearly that this year because we still have those arbitration years and the extension they signed him to. But Mike, I'm with you in the sense that the Angels will do everything they can to keep him. I'm not convinced that Shohei is infatuated with the dollar signs. Mm. I think that Shohei is more concerned about winning and he'll want to go to a winning team. I could see a place in his heart where he would like to see the Angels become a winning team. Yeah. But the problem is, is ever since the Mike Trout contract, we've been hopeful that the Angels would make a commitment to winning. And they just simply haven't. They've gone through, you know, different general managers and three different managers in the time that Mike, four actually, in the time that Mike Trout signed his extension And so the promises have not been there in terms of building a winning culture. You said it the other day, and I agree with you. Artie Marino is a businessman who knows how to make money, and that's what this team is doing for him at the end of the day. They were valued at $2.3 billion. Something around there, yeah. Yeah, recently. And so it just goes to show that Artie's concerned with the dollars, and Otani is not concerned with the dollars, in my opinion. I believe that Otani will want to go to a team that can win, and like I said, hopefully there's a soft place in his heart where he can help these angels win. I mean, he's already doing that. Uh, he's the only yeah. one doing that. Yeah. But it, it's got to be a deal on the angels' side as well. They got to prove to him that they want to win, and I think that's really what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. You got to visit BlueNile.com. They're bringing today's show to you. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone, you can find jewelry as unique as the person you love with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They're going to help you customize engagement rings and other jewelry that you want. They have all sorts of different pricings and all sorts of different jewelry. You're going to love BlueNile.com. Here's the best part. If it's not perfect, 
No problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. They want you to shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. If you need a special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. You know that they're advertising to guys when they say that, right? Because we're always like, oh, that's tomorrow. I got to make a decision here. (laughs) And so every order is insured and arrives in a discreet package. It won't give away what's inside. So make your special moment sparkle from jewelry, from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Angel listeners get $50 off $500 purchases or more. Just use the promo code Locked On at checkout. Once again, that's the promo code Locked On at checkout. Go to BlueNile.com today. And Locked On Angels is also brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. There's so many different makes and models of cars out there today, and it can be impossible to expect your local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need, but at rockauto.com, they have access to all the parts your car will ever need, and they pass that access on to you. Rock Auto is a family-owned business, and they serve do-it-yourselfers, and they have been serving them for over 20 years. So all of you who know what the parts of your car are under the hood, unlike me, and can name the whole (laughs) system and the engine and all that stuff, this is for you, and even for those who don't know anything, just like me. Uh, Because they're family-owned, they understand budgets, which is why Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. So if you're working on your car, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know that Mike and I sent you their way. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, Go to rockauto.com today. You know, Johnny, we haven't really done too many shocking things since we became the hosts of Locked On Angels a few Speak months for back. Yourself. I'm about to <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I'm saying that is because this segment right now, I think I'm going to shock people because okay. we are actually going to talk about Kurt Suzuki. Mm hmm. And Max Stassi. Mm. And we're going to ask this question. Who you got? All right? <laughs> and, and so that might seem obvious to a lot of Angel fans. And here's, here's why. Max is the guy that we've signed. And he's mm-hmm. going to be our catcher of the future. Right? But what I appreciate about being a fan and what I appreciate about Angel fans is often the eye test tells us a lot about Mm. the player that we're watching, right? Mm -hmm. And my eye test, even though I'm wearing these blue light glasses and I have a migraine, my eye eye test, it tells me that Kurt Suzuki seems to be a tick or two better right now than Max Stassi. Sure. He looks a bit more confident at the plate and he looks a bit more confident and he's leading pitchers behind the dish. He's mm. not the noodle arm that he was last year and and not catching the balls like he did. Stassi, using the eye test, he seems to really be struggling with coming through in those moments where we need his mm. bat. Mm-hmm. So, who you got, Max Stassi or Kurt Suzuki? I know that's a difficult decision, so we do have we do have some deeper stats to consider. Johnny, you want to read through those stats? Yeah, stats to consider here. You got Max Stassi with an expected batting average of 220. That's bottom 8% in the league. However, Kurt Suzuki's expected batting average is 218. Now, yeah. this one is interesting. Max Stassi has a contact 
percentage in the strike zone, meaning he is swinging at pitches within the strike zone, the one he should be swinging at. Uh, 74% of the time he's making contact. Kurt Suzuki is making contact 89% of the time. Hmm. And then the uh, the last stat here, Mike, the uh, expected on-base average, 296, which is down 31 points from Stassi's total last year. He yeah. was up over 300. So we can see that Stassi has not been the same player that he was last season. However, on the flip side, you've got Kurt Suzuki up to 291 yeah. on the uh, expected on-base average, and he's up nine points over last season. But here's the kicker, and this is what I'm going to share. I had a, a tweet come in okay. from our friend at RJ Slatsman on Twitter, and he messaged us because he heard the preview from yesterday, and he said... Made him mad? <laughs> mm-hmm. He, no, no, no. He actually has a really good point here. Okay. I love Suzuki's hitting approach and clutch pinch hitting. I do, too. Yes. However, I find it hard to watch him catch. I feel he misses a lot of frames on borderline pitches mm. and even sometimes makes them look worse. Would love to hear your thoughts on this and giving Wallach another shot. Chad mm. Wallach, who is back in AAA, by the way. Um, I'm with Ryan because I watched that game where he was catching Silseth last night and I think I counted about five pitches that should have been strikes and were very clearly strikes they weren't even borderline they were in the zone and because of Suzuki waving his arm every which way and Mm. trying to catch it he cost Silseth some strikes now obviously the the trouble came later on when he was getting hit around and gave up the three runs but there was a time where uh, the first inning, Silseth really had to work to get out of the inning, and I think he ended up around 18 to 20 pitches or so, and, and Kurt Suzuki could have saved him a lot of trouble. So I still contend, Mike, that Stassi's value comes in his defensive pitch framing. And I also think that Stassi making less contact in the zone and, and struggling a bit at the plate, Stassi knows that he's a power threat. And he knows that because of last season. He yeah. knows that he is often counted on to be an RBI guy. And I think that's why the approach is different when you look at him and you look at Kurt Suzuki. I'm with you. Kurt Suzuki seems calm, collected. When he fouls something off, he's frustrated, which I appreciate. But every time he's come in to pinch hit or something, the dude's taking a walk. The dude's finding a way to get on base. And and I will say, I was not a Kurt Suzuki fan last season right. at all. And he has pleasantly surprised me this season. I wasn't a fan of the signing until I realized, like, you know what? He's worked with his staff before. Like, yes, give him another year while we wait for another catcher to come up. Yeah. But all of that to say, I think that their approaches and their stats are different because they are seeing their time in the batter's box way different. Stassi knows he has to be uh, an offensive hitter. And, and Kurt knows he gets to be a patient hitter. Maybe they can meet somewhere in the middle right. and help right. each other out. But what are your thoughts on this? Well, the the stats, as we look at them right now, would disagree with you in the gap between Stassi and Suzuki and their pitch framing because hmm. Stassi has a 47% strike rate and Suzuki has a 43% strike rate. So that means that they're actually pulling in almost half the time they're pulling in strikes for their pitcher. Stassi's mm-hmm. doing a much better job than Suzuki is, but I think that those numbers are really, really close. Here's why I think I would lean in Suzuki's direction, because this team isn't really going anywhere, and I think it's they're going to shift into developmental mode, and mm-hmm. I think that Suzuki actually might be the guy that you want your pitchers working with 
not maybe more than Stassi, but maybe half and half. And if we're actually going to be a contending team, Stassi's got to step it up when it comes to his bat. That's what mm-hmm. makes him head and shoulders above Suzuki. And I would lean in Stassi's direction if he was actually hitting this year, but mm-hmm. their numbers are almost similar across the board. And truthfully, that can't happen. That can't happen yeah. at all because Stassi has to come through. And we just shared we shared the stats in the last segment about how terrible the, the one through... <laughs> Three, they're great, and then no the kidding. four through nine is awful. That's that's on Stassi, right? Like he needs to be somebody that comes through. So I, I think it kind of depends on what the Angels are going to try to do for the rest of the first half and what they do in the second half. But quite honestly, I'm leaning in Suzuki's direction because I've loved his fire, I loved his patient approach at the plate, and I've seen him improve behind the plate. So that might be shocking, and that might be like opening people's eyes and and would be me going I, i'm picking suzuki <laughs> right they're, they're gonna be shocked by that I, I i agree with you i can't even get the words out so i'm gonna lean in suzuki's direction right now because i think that he's the best guy that we have behind the plate well if that's the case then we need to fire the bullpen and the hitting coach and the pitching coach like we gotta get rid of them all if that's <laughs> what we're settling with here no i'm just I'm just kidding. Well, now I feel really good about my pick. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we really appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects show. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And his podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we would love to hear your feedback regarding this conversation or anything that you heard during our show today. So you can reach us at Locked On Angels on Twitter. You can also reach us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're watching on the video side on YouTube, you can leave a comment down below and we'll do our best to get back to you there as well. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's episode? We're going to do two things. One, I'm going to pronounce milk appropriately. And we're going to talk about those pitchers that we didn't sign and ask this question. Would they have helped us if we actually signed them? That's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. The ones that got away, right? The ones that got away. (laughs) Well, until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Let's get a win, Halos. Let's go.